Hey everybody, it is Dave and Jeff. It is January 4th, 2021. First show of the year. How come I don't hear you? There we go. Who turned my goddamn <laughs> mic off? Is that Julie Josh? Brownman? Probably. Uh, I want to thank Julie and Katie. Again, so many nice text messages and direct messages. Man, people loved having those two in here. It was fun, right? I have not seen Julie in forever. It was a really great scene. She looked yeah. great. Yeah. Katie looked great as always, but I haven't seen Julie in, in a, such a long time. She's such a good sense of humor. Yeah. Makes me laugh. But it's funny as I thought we were stressing her out because we're keeping her late and I know she had to get up super early. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's funny is uh, I didn't realize until she had said she and I hung out all day Sunday and she was staying at Humphreys. You ever seen a show at Humphreys? No, never have. So I've seen a couple down there. Not a lot. What an insanely cool hotel. And her room had a view of the stage. And you forget what a small little venue that is. But on a week ago last night, last Sunday, Julie, Katie, and I, they have little fire pits out by the pool. So we went and got beers and uh, and they had some wine. And we were just sitting out there talking. I didn't realize that she left in 2004. Yeah. And Dave, you remember at that time, Julie was single, I was single. Shit, man, we were hanging out almost every night and going downtown, going to movies, drinking, doing whatever we were doing. Not like, you know, crazy. But somebody leaves and has gone that long. I mean, I hung out with her in Denver, but it was weird how quickly it all just comes back. Yeah. And that's what's well, that's really funny. that's when you fun. know you have a real friend. Yeah. When and, you can pick up right where you left off. And it felt like she had been gone uh, two days. But Katie Temple's the same way. Yeah. So uh, I just... I appreciate everybody who said so many nice things about them because we mentioned on the show, we all kind of came up together and to still be friends with those two is really great for us. I don't know how it is for them, but too bad they're stuck with us. You know, it's kind of funny that you just said that because as you just said that one sentence that we came up together and we're still friends, I can't think of too many people that I jumped into the business with right? that I could say I, I was friends with. I mean, obviously, Ben Maller and, yeah. and you – Yep. You know, I'm still keeping touch with Dave Marcus, of course. But sure. yeah, it is. Dave Marcus never wanted to be an on air guy. So it was, there was never a competition deal there. And yeah. ben, ben had his sight set on LA. So it was nothing like you were going, shoot, we're fighting for the same positions. I mean, you and I both know we've done this long enough where you think you have a friend in the business and you'll say something as simple as, hey, who's your agent? Do you like oh, your agent? Yeah. And say, can I get your agent? <clears throat> and the answer is always no. No. You can't get my agent because we might be fighting for the same job. And it's shocking when someone who you consider a friend won't even give you the name of their agent. I wouldn't give our agent to anybody, though. You know, though, here's what's funny about our agent, which makes me love her even more. Jeff and I actually have a great fucking agent right now. Yeah. We, we have the, literally the top agent in the business. Yeah. And Since 2016. About 2016. Yeah. And she is like, I mean, she, she she's the one they write articles about and, and has offices in Manhattan and in, in, in uh, L.A. And just, it's awesome that she represents us. So, yeah, the funny thing is I have sent people her way that are huge celebrities. Yeah. And she has said, nope. Nope. She's nothing against them, but I, I'm happy with my clientele and I don't need to take anyone else on. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes me laugh. I was going, hey. I gave her her name and number. She's the one that turned you down. It wasn't Jeff and I that said don't represent him. No. But it cracks me up that she sticks with you and me, but she will not take on people that are much more famous than you and I. Uh, LaDonna Harvey and Chris Merrill. 
yeah. or on the roster and put a word in for us. Yeah. And said, so we'll always be indebted to LaDonna and to Merrill. But they said, hey, we have two guys in-house that are coming up on a deal and we think you'd like them. And I, I think LaDonna sent audio to her and we got called and it was, oh, it's just, it's the greatest, yeah. man, because she's family. And, and right. I mean, she was she there. Is, she's during, great. She was there during Jake's passing. Yep. She was there during the divorce. She's been there during a lot. And, uh, yeah, I mean, she just, she's family. So it's really, really cool. Okay. So here's, it's kind of funny. The word agent is, is interesting because if there's somebody that does what we do and mm-hmm. a lot of people have agents, they're mm-hmm. represented because for people who don't understand when your contract is up or you're looking for a new job you really make a huge disservice to yourself trying to negotiate yourself yeah, because you, you you want the job really bad. They know you want the job really bad and you're going to fuck yourself over. So you really need someone that can look out for your best interests. But if you talk to somebody who's not in the business and let's say you, you have a phone call and you go, Oh, it's my agent. I got to take this. They look at you kind of funny. Yeah. Like, oh, big time guy oh, has an agent. Oh, oh. <laughs> look who it is. <laughs> look who it is. But it, it's like the same reason is why you would get a lawyer if you needed basically a divorce, a, a divorce, yeah. or any kind of legal advice. Yeah, you, you would go to a lawyer. You wouldn't say I'm going to do it myself. No, you can't. You know what you don't know. Exactly. And, but it, yeah, it's it's really nice. And every now and then the phone rings and. Hey, she always says the same thing, and it makes me laugh because I think she's younger than me, but sometimes she talks like she's 20 years older than me. Hey, darling, hope you're fine. (laughs) I need audio. But the deal with her, this is the other funny thing. I need audio. I need a bio. I need a demo. I need a recap, and I need it all by 2.30. What? I don't have anything. And it's 1.45. Yes. (laughs) But it's, it's... yeah, I, I think, Dave, like you said, there's not many relationships that hold over time, but whether it's Katie, whether it's Julie, whether it's Heather or any of the rest of them, man, we are incredibly lucky. And have you noticed this, too? And this is something I'm, I'm really, really proud of. Like, I'm Katie was with me the day we got blown out. Yeah. And she said, hey, do you want to do I go, fuck no. Let's go hang out. We we were hanging out every Friday. It had started because we were going to help Katie develop a business plan for her media coaching. Yeah. And then I started having friends drop dead left and right and knew I was going to leave. And she, Katie quickly became my psychotherapist and kept me off the ledge. But I look at those two, how much they've done for me personally. I know for you, Dave, for Heather. And I love the fact that three of the biggest impacts on our career from a personal standpoint and a professional standpoint are women. Yeah. Because I say to my sons all the time, you're going to have your buddies, which are great, but it's really, really important, in my opinion, to have very strong-minded women in your circle because they will call you on your bullshit, but they will also have your back. Yeah. And that's the thing um, that we didn't really get into on the show but I'm just so thankful that those two are as loyal as it gets. And yeah, it's just, it's the greatest. Let me ask you your very first day in radio. Okay. Very yeah. first day, like in the building, uh-huh. who were four or five people that stand out and go, oh. they were there my first day. Oh gosh. I can, I can tell you so many of them. Uh, okay. I, I got I, about four or five. Cause I was doing a, a night show. 
So uh, you don't see everybody, but there were about four or five guys that were there. I went into KSDO. So anybody who remembers KSDO AM 1130, they were the news talk station. Now, I said this the other day. The reason why I was excited to go in there is I wanted to work down the hall at KCLX. My dream was always to be an FM jock. I had no interest in talk radio. I mean, I love talk radio, but my my ultimate goal was to be a jock on the FM at KCLX. So the guys that I met on that first day when I went in, because I went in on a Monday afternoon for training, uh, John Leslie, who turned out to be one of my great friends and yeah. an incredible impact on me personally and professionally. But goddamn, Dave, when I the lineup that they had at KSDO, and I don't know how many people know these names, but man, oh man, we had George Riley, Ken Yearwood, Ernie Myers, Stocks, Bill Holland was there, <laughs> Bruce Binkowski, Ron Rena. Um, I worked on Ken Kramer's show. Stephanie Roberts. Did you just feel like a kid? I mean, all these people were old then. But they were so incredible. We had a guy. So I was running the board, and we would have these guys come in and do news updates. Deb Welch was Deb Welch and Stephanie Roberts. Deb Welch, Stephanie Roberts, Ken Kramer were just the three that I always joke with those guys. If I was running the board for the Dave and Jeff show, I'd run that fucker out. He didn't know what he was doing. But um, we had this guy named Terry Moore who went on to Washington, D.C., and Terry loved being Terry. But he was so good on the air. So he would come in, and he'd say, uh, how long you need here? And I'd go, 90 seconds. I'd play the sounder, ABC, dun, 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 dun. This fucking guy wouldn't even put on headphones, right? I'm Terry Moore in the KSDO newsroom. Here's what's going on. And he would fucking do it. And I'd be looking at the thing and it'd be 87, 88. I'm Terry Moore, KSDO News. 90 fucking seconds. (laughs) And I'm just, Deb would go, Deb would go 93 or 87. I didn't care. I had, Steph would go 85 or 95. We had a fucking Terry Moore, dude. Every time, 90. What do you need? Two minutes. Fucking two minutes. But uh, Mike Russo, uh, all these guys that just came in. And then on the FM, Sudelaney, Charlie Weaver. I mean, Dave, yes. I There's nobody coming in today, nobody coming in today that has the – and then I got on Roger's show. Yeah. I I was incredibly lucky, and I knew it at that time. They really they, – I they were all generous in, in teaching and, and knowing that I loved it. Uh, Jimmy Charvette, Mike Usher, and those guys were so good to me. But um, Mike Usher was there from day Mike one? Mike Usher trained me. Wow. Uh, Mike Usher, who is just a legendary behind-the-scenes guy. Yeah. And he and I just hit it off, and I've always been thankful. And and that was a cool thing. When we came back to Kogo, uh, he, he was incredibly happy for yeah. me, for what we did. But he and I laughed our ass off about those days because, yeah, Mike Usher was great to me. That's interesting. That Who's, Here's a guy that helped you out. Where did you start? Day one was where? Extra Sports 690. So, goddamn. Okay, let's go through the guys who are in that building. Okay. It, well, here's the deal. I, I came in, I remember, at 6 o'clock because Steve Mason show started at, at 7 at night. Okay, so a little thinned out. Yeah, so it was Mason and Schwartz was the show. This is before John right. Ireland joined. Okay. Okay, so it's Mason and Schwartz, and Schwartz was doing the show from L.A. So I walk in, I meet Dave Marcus. I'm basically going to help Dave. Yeah, pull. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Dave's the guy that waves the star 
for the Padres. He's been what doing it doing since '94, I think. Yeah. And um, so it's it's Dave who introduces me to Joe Tatino. Okay. And Joe and I knew Joe because you knew the name Joe Tatino because he was Jim Rome's guy. Yeah, I mean, he, everybody guy. knew who, who Joe was. And that's funny you said bulldog because he was walking by Dave's office and he goes and there goes the bullfrog and Tatino <laughs> lost his shit. <laughs> He got so mad that he was introduced as the bullfrog. Now, Joe and I go back to the soccer. Yeah, you've known Joe a long time. Since 89. Wow. So, um, it's it's Dave Marcus, Joe Titino I meet first. I okay. go into the, the sports pit, as they say. And in that room are uh, John Jelesnik. Oh, Who yeah. just started. Chris Ello was there. Yeah. Who had done media, but he was going into radio. Yeah, what year okay. is that? This is 93, I think. So at that so Ello came yeah, there. Yeah, it's 93 cuz Josh was born like right at that time. Yeah, so Ello would have just left the Gulls yeah. because he was with us at KSTO. He and wasn't been the, he, was he a writer also for uh, Had written for the LA Times. Yeah. Good writer. Yeah. Like Ello legit is a very good sports writer, but he had been with us at KSTO because he was the PR guy for the Gulls and the color commentator. Yeah. On those games, and yeah. I don't. I'd have to ask him. Uh, we've said it. He came in and did Gulls post game, and I ran the board. And then I'd have to be like eight different calls. I was like San Diego's Phil Hendry. I just kept changing my voice. <laughs> then we laughed our ass off every night. Love Ella. Okay, J- John Jednak was there. He was sure. doing sports updates. Who's now the window guy? I uh, I think he still is, and yeah. a good buddy of mine, a uh, big fight fan. John yeah. and his wife are awesome. How about that? The and, Jetpack. Yes, and he was, he's now become extremely successful even radio and doing windows. Great dude. And then um, it was funny, Steve Mason, who was kind of quiet, but I really wanted to work on Mason's show. I love that show they had. Yeah. I thought Mason was very talented. And um, I remember Mason telling me, you know, what's, what's your deal? How old are you? What's your yeah. deal? What's your background? And he told me, dude, just walk out the fucking door. He literally said. <laughs> it's so good, right? He, he goes, this is one of those jobs where if you love it, you're going to realize you made a huge fucking mistake. Get the fuck out of here. He God, knew I had a kid who was about to be though. born any day. It's in your blood. And um, two things that I, I remember stand out. One is I remember I went to go use the restroom and Coach Quintera is yeah. on this big fucking ladder changing light bulbs and toilet paper. Like he was like the building maintenance guy. It's unbelievable. Right? And uh, Coach, the only thing in Coach did. <laughs> I'd have been in a suit, dude. But I'm like, fucking coach. I think all he did was Friday night's high school scoreboard yeah. shows. And he wasn't an on-air guy. He was literally the building maintenance guy. Wow. And then so uh, Mason, by like 9.30 at night, we were on for like 7 to 12 every fucking yeah, night. A long day. Five-hour shows are ridiculous. Because they replaced when Rome, had been, Rome yes. had been in that shift. And the, then when Jim went to middays, they yes. came in. So, uh, so they had a coffee machine that everybody just constantly back and forth. And the way this coffee machine worked was you put your cup underneath, you just push the button yeah. and the coffee comes out automatic. You don't have to touch shit. And I go to the coffee machine and I pour water in through the top because I thought it needed water. Doing? Oh, I broke it. Yeah, you know. I Mason know. lost his fucking mind. He was so mad. Get the fuck. Get the fuck out of here. This whole station's run off this fucking machine. He was so pissed that I broke the coffee machine. And then on uh, on day two, Mason asked me to make a run to Jack in a Box to go get him like a rice bowl, okay, during the show. So which, is it the Jack in the Box that was over by Lay Girls? Okay, here, okay. this is the question you would have the answer to. I still wouldn't know. So it's on, Noble Broadcasting was on Pacific yeah, Highway. on Pack Highway. And the, right the only way I knew how to get there was going five north, 
yeah. pulled off Pack Highway, then you took basically Pack Highway for like two miles, and it's on the right side. Yeah. Most people went backwards, SeaWorld exit. I don't to, know to how to take the f- Tecalote. I still don't know how the fuck to get there. Like Dude, if you took me there right lost. now, coming to Saw. Oh, you got lost too. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, and this is before God dang your phone oh, yeah. will take you wherever None the fuck that. you want to go. Yeah, you don't have a Thomas brother in your front. Oh seat. my God. So I find a jack in a box and I get back on the freeway and dude, I'm like by Tory Pines and <laughs> I hear this guy on there go, I sent my intern out to get me a fucking rice bowl and I don't know where the fuck he is. It's like two hours later and I'm like, I'm coming. You know, I'm screaming yeah. at the radio. I was so lost, dude. By the time he got his rice bowl, it's like 11 o'clock at night. I, I completely it, didn't know where I was going. I, I took the, my motorcycle down there from Cardiff and I come down, you come south and you get off on SeaWorld Drive. But it's weird because you feel like you should go left and you actually have to go right because the road goes at an angle. Yes. And Saul was out front waiting for me. I can't believe it. Oh, Saul was great. I've already told that story. Saul was unbelievable that night. But my thinking would be, um, because we told that story about how I almost got arrested in that jack-in-the-box parking lot. It's not there anymore. But the only one I could think of like, Spy Lake Girls. Yeah, like where would they? Because there's nothing over there. No. Like you're over in Marina. No. Perry's and, Breakfast Place is the only Perry's place. Perry's Breakfast it's open. was the big place to go to yeah. because I think I met Howard Friedman there. Yeah. And uh, at Perry's. Yeah. And that was Dog Bulldog's place. Joe liked that place. <laughs> um, but holy shit, man. I, I just, that's the thing, Dave. When you look at it now and you go, Oh, man, you know, do you miss it? Sure, of course. You miss the camaraderie. You miss uh, the hours. Yeah. You miss the fun of being on during days like you, Darvish, and, and and things like that. But I look back and I go, well, if I had to do it over, oh, my God, I'd never, I would never take coming in today versus the time when I came in. Oh, yeah, no way. Because in that building, too, so let me ask you this. Who's on 91X? Um, was Brian Schock over there? I think Brian Schock was over there. Good buddy of mine. Yeah, and I remember being there when... Uh, um, Stevie West? Stevie West was there, but I, re- I remember most thing. The thing that stands out most for me was uh, 91X when Kurt Cobain died. Oh, yeah. And uh, everybody was devastated. Had to be. Yeah, devastated. You know what's cool? Loretta Emery was, was, yeah. was working with me when Marcus Loved wasn't Loretta. there. Everybody loved Loretta. Um, Dave, you mentioned KSDO, or, or we talked about it. Ken Yearwood, probably the most underrated news guy I think this town had, along with Chuck Fritch. Like, just guys that were so good. Ken Yearwood at that time, when Cobain passed away, had to be mid to late 40s, I would think. I don't think he's 70 yet. So he had to be, God, he had to be mid to late 40s. He's He's a news guy. Dude, he was so upset about Kurt Cobain. He understood it. He went and found audio. He played the music, the whole thing. And I go, dude, this guy is a badass, right? Yeah. And we had this thing. We would do this afternoon news block. And our buddy, Scott Morrissey, we had this friend of ours. Dave and I have this guy, Scott Morrissey, who was the news editor, who was basically responsible for writing stories and bringing them in for three hours. And there Every goddamn day, Morrissey would run out of news, and we'd have two minutes to fill. And Yearwood would just do it off the top of his head. He'd do weather, right? It was We didn't have any of this shit, dude. <laughs> it's not like now where you could just type into Google or TMZ yeah. and, and do whatever. 
this fucking guy Yearwood, right off the top of his head, hey, just want to mention, don't forget, and I get it, right? 73 of the coast, 79 inland, a lot of things going on, but there were never any Oz hums. Morrissey would come running in, and now Maureen Cavanaugh has more news, and he'd wink at me. I was like, That's funny as shit. You know, I just, there's a science to doing talk radio that some guys get and most people don't. So the guys that get it, I, I, I think you agree. You go, man, that's really good. But the, the guys that are just so smooth when shit is, when the walls are coming down, those are the guys I yeah. remember. And Yearwood, <laughs> Ken Kramer, God, they were just, they're, they were unbelievable. You know yeah, what? I, I miss those guys, man. It's funny that you say it that way, and I, I always tell people when you're doing some kind of talk radio, like I watched Matt Vaskersen and Harold Reynolds yeah, this sure. morning, and they're doing it from home, and they could not step, stop stepping on each other. Oh. And it was brutal, and Vaskersen finally yelled at Harold, like during the show. He did? Like, I'm talking, and it, it sounded terrible. You know, they're friends. It sounds bad. Jeff and I have different signs that we kind of have our own language through our hands that we'll try not to step on each other. We try and alternate questions or yeah. a finger up if we have a follow-up question because nothing sounds worse than asking a question, five questions down, going back <laughs> to what you're on. But we don't step on each other. There's an art to it. Anyone that does talk ready will tell you there's a rhythm to what you're doing. Sure. Not saying we were the best at it, but there is a rhythm to it. So when you're saying a guy's fill in two minutes, I used to tell people, remember when you were in high school or college and you took a speech class? Yeah. And you have to give a three-minute speech in, in three weeks. Yep. And you fucking panic. Yeah. And you're going, now you're telling a guy live on the air with thousands of people listening, I need you to fill two minutes. Yeah. And guess what? He doesn't freak the fuck out. Doesn't freak the fuck it out. It is really hard to do. And did it so good. That's the thing, Dave. When you look back, when you look back at those times... I mean, it's crazy to me, man. That's 30 years ago, right? I look back yeah. at that, and it's it's that shit that stands out because my kids will ask me, well, wow, you met uh, Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, LaDainian Tomlinson, Tony Gwynn. What were they like? They were all great. They yeah. were all great. But when you go, oh, from a radio standpoint, what stands out, I go, shit like Ken Yearwood. When the walls were goddamn... Coming down on a Tuesday afternoon, nothing going on in yeah. San Diego, just our fucking newscast was falling apart. Goddamn Morrissey couldn't figure out the news schedule. Yearwood was just a stud every day. And Ken Kramer, Ken Kramer, just every time I let those assholes through, and and Kramer's, Kramer said something on the news, or on... Uh, 11.30 one day that I've stolen a thousand different times. And one time we let a guy on the air and he's talking and he's like, you know, Ken, you're a liberal, man. Get it together. So I'm dying laughing. And, let, and let's just say, because we don't know anybody, um, let's just say the guy's name is uh, John, right? I, I can't think of anybody we know named John. So I, I'm laughing. I pot the guy down. And Kramer, without missing a beat, goes, you know what happened right there, everybody? He said, we gave John, we called John's name, and we <laughs> said, John, come on up to the podium. It's your chance to speak. <laughs> and Ken pauses, and he goes, so John made his way to the podium, and he started to speak. But guess what happened? He lost his way. <clears throat> then he giggled. 
and he wet his pants. <laughs> and everybody, and he said, and then we came up, and we gently led him by the elbow right back to his seat. Dude, it was the funniest thing. He just, because we all had the visual. Yes. We all heard the guy. Ken didn't freak out. Hey, John, get it together. You get it together. Idiot. He didn't do anything. He's just like, we gave John his chance at the podium. He giggled. He wet his pants. And then we gently let him back to his chair. <laughs> and he just go, holy shit, man. But yeah, but going in on KCLX, John Leslie, iconic uh, voice from KGB and, and, and 102.9. We had these uh, we had these studio lights, and I bet Dave. I'm, I don't think any of the FMs that we had, like none of the FMs in iHeart, get it. That's why all those guys are good, but they're not great. John had these really cool like studio lights, and he and he bring them way down, so it was like an ambiance in this room. Everything was played by CD. It's not like now where everything's just on a computer program. So I would just sit in there and fucking pull CDs, right? I'd take his break sheet and just pull CDs and we'd just bullshit about shows and music and and all this different shit. But watching him do breaks and just tell stories of Pink Floyd, Roger Waters, Eric Clapton, The Stones, um, the Moody Blues, right? And just, yeah, I'm not, fuck, his, his voice was so low that he was just like, 102.9 KCLX. And you're just like, fuck! That, <laughs> that, and who are you going to go in and watch? Like, nothing against Rock 105. Those guys are all nice guys. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up? Here's Soundgarden. You think any fucking college kid's like, <laughs> I want to go in and see how that guy does it. Right? No. 94.1, Mario Lopez, you're running that shit? I want to listen to that dick. <laughs> KGB. I don't know what KGB runs. I mean, Clint's great. Clint's great. Dave and, but nobody's going. Fucking Rickards isn't letting you in there to watch the no show. Way. No way. So to to be able to go in and, and just watch guys learn. Yeah, because yeah. Bulldog went to fucking, uh, Bulldog will probably kill me for saying this, but he went to the Columbia School of Broadcasting. Yeah. And I've said this before. I went there one time. And it was in, it's in a building uh, down in Hotel Circle, Executive Center, C-E-N-T-R-E. Okay. They thought they were very fucking cool. And it's up on like the third floor, but I've told you this story. I go up there because uh, Bulldog, Joe was going and we were at the soccer's. And Joe said, hey man, you should check this place out. So I go up there, like this fucking room, right? Boiler room type shit. And they give you like this script, like this old AP. It looked like, you know, rip and read AP script. All right, we're going to bring you in here, Jeff, to this studio. We're just going to put you in, put these headphones on. Well, my son did it last week. First time you go into a room, you put headphones on, you hear your voice back. You're like, this is too weird. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Some fucking cokehead on the other side of the glass. Hey, man, you ready to go? You. Yeah, okay. All right, read this story. Today in Alabama, a man was arrested for murder. His his name is Mike Smith, and he will spend five years in prison. Whoa! We got a real ringer here. Look at this guy. And you knew it was the fucking yeah. worst read you've ever heard. 
Oh, come on. You've never done this before? Come on. But I think you're a natural. Oh, shit. Our classes are $19,000 a week or whatever the yeah. fuck they were charging. And uh, so I went back. I, you know, I bought in. I went back. I told Ernie Myers. You go, hey, I think I'm going to. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> fucking go there. But yeah, I just, I think about it right now, Dave. If kids that, I, I mean, I guess they can just do a podcast. Yeah, that's it. Everyone's it going that way. I don't know anyone that ever talks about going into radio. People know it, it's a They've dime medium. It, they have. It's, they fucking have killed it. And it's when we talk about how the money has changed, it's really to the point where can you make a living even doing it? No. It's really tough. It was, today I had on, um, Ed Woods on this morning. Oh, actually, Paul, who was you know, obviously a friend of ours, has COVID. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to see how Paul was doing to get an update through through them. But when Woods was talking, who do you think ran his board now that Paul wasn't there today? Kluke? Yes. Adam? So, so his boss is running the board. It's unbelievable. So that's where... Which, how fucking cool is Adam, by the way, for doing Oh, no, that? no, no. Credit to him. But I'm, yeah. my point is, when you look at radio... That the guy who's the main the boss director. has to get up at three in the morning to come run the board. Yeah, that's saying something that there's not money to go around. So, I'm you know I'm listening and Woods cracked me up because he made a comment saying this is the year in 2021 that I stopped taking shit. <laughs> this is the year that I don't get pushed around. Okay, you know, and he's from he's, who? From Hannah? Everybody. Everybody. The, the guy, the guy that throws trash in his trash cans that doesn't belong to put trash in his trash cans, and then he drops, and I'm waiting for it because I knew it was coming, and he just goes, "This is a year my contract is up, oh, and no. I'm and I'm not taking shit." Oh, and he I, better shut up. And I'm going he's taking shit, and he knows he's on the other side. The guy you're negotiating with is on the other side. Adam, I love Adam. Great dude. He doesn't. Adam doesn't have jack shit to do with that. Give me a break. That's coming from Intercom. You think they're going to Adam? They're like, Adam, just make sure you get the fucking uh, Marvin K. Brown spot in, okay? <laughs> make sure you get the Liberty Tobacco spot to play, kid. We'll negotiate with Dum Dum over there. So when it's time to negotiate, the story's going to be, hey, Woods isn't taking shit this year. You guys <laughs> better be ready. Yeah, and then when you tune in on Monday, it's 5 o'clock, and it's time for Judd and Ben. You're like, what? Oh, all right, I like this show. <laughs> I told Steve the other day because he was running his fucking mouth about something. And I told him what I, I said. You know what, asshole? Here's the thing, okay? Oh, I know what it was. I know exactly what he was running his fucking mouth about. And I had to smack him down into reality. Our friend Jack Woods. Jack from, uh, they were Charlie and Harrigan for years. Jack Woods and Paul Menard. Okay, explain this to me because we worked with them and they're friends of ours. Sure. They were. Yeah. Why were they Charlie and Harrigan? Everybody had fake names. Remember, it was... That's so dumb. Jeff Detro was Jeff Elliott, and Jerry Seasnack was Jerry St. James. So that was their radio names. And then eventually they circled back. Sam Bass is Alan Graff. So all these guys had different on-air personas. So uh, Jack and Paul were Charlie and Harrigan. Um, and then eventually... When they came back to KFMB, uh, uh, they were Jack and Paul, right? And then P Paul Menard, who I loved, he just fucking couldn't give it up. No. So he'd be Jack and Paul, Charlie and Harrigan. You're like, what, are there four guys there? I, I was confused, too. And I was in the building. Yeah, stop it. But Jack Woods, 
who worked with Joe Bauer for a long time after Mac passed away, legendary radio guy, owned radio stations, and was just so fucking nice to you and me. He was. A couple of different times, Jack's son would come by to say hello. Ironically, Jack Wood's son's name is Bo. Bo Woods. Bo worked at K-Earth, worked at a bunch of stations down here, and I swear to God, he was maybe one of the nicest people I've ever met because if you were friends with his dad, Bo Woods loved you. Yeah. And so Bo, last week, lost his job in Flagstaff as a morning show guy. Okay. So it made it onto one of the trade papers. And so Steve, being a douche, retweets the story and says, whoa, tough business, son. Meaning his son, oh, Bo Woods. Jesus. So I wrote him a note. I go, hey, fuck face. Bo Woods here is one of the nicest guys you'll meet in this fucking industry, which is full of backstabbers. And I go, you know what? If you knew Bo in two fucking years when they fire you at 97.3 and the only job you can get is doing middays on Witch Witch Radio, Bo Woods would be the one guy to call you and say, hey, I'm glad you're working. So get your shit together. (laughs) So he writes me back like 90 ha-ha-has. And I go, I have to admit, I was going to tell you that you were working out in Fresno or Barstow, but if you ever go into Witch Witch and get a sandwich, it's like the guy at AMC, right? Hey, how you doing? This is Mike Murphy on AMC Radio. You're like, what? <laughs> Where? And it's the same thing. Hey, this is Tom playing the hits on Witch Witch Radio. And I told Woods, I go, that's where you're fucking going. <laughs> Your career, asshole, is taking you to Witch Witch Radio, and Bo Woods will be the only guy that will fucking call you to say good job. Well, yeah. oh my. the one thing Jack told me always stands out, and I thought, but thought about him today. It's funny that his name came up during this show. Is God dang, I was working with Jack, I think in two thousand one, mm-hmm. and Jack was a very good businessman. Oh yeah, and he was very successful in a bunch of different things. Wine, yes. I think he had avocados. Oh my god, he had all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, I remember one thing Jack told two things Jack told me that I always remember. One is Jack had a very popular morning show in Boston. Oh yeah, and with, is with. It might have been with, with with Paul, with Paul, but he had a very popular show in Boston. But his kid Bo was mm-hmm. a quarterback at Patrick Henry. Oh yeah, and he would fly back every week to watch his kid. He would never miss a game. He was Dude. able to time it out because of East Coast time. He was able to work it out to always fly back and never miss a game. Um, I, anyway, as a dad, I thought that was cool. Two yeah. is he told me he goes Dave is a guy that knows business and knows why business fails and succeeds. You can mark this down for the rest of your life. The Chargers, Lions, and Browns will never win because the fish stinks from the head down and yeah. their ownership is all fucked up. <laughs> and, he knew it. He said this to me in 2001, and it's still to this day, all three of those teams have not been back to a Super Bowl. or And two of them have never been to a Super Bowl. The Chargers only went to one. Yeah. But he said the Spanish family, the Ford family, and at the time it wasn't um, it wasn't the Jimmy owner Haslett. of the Browns now. Yeah. And so. Was it Modell? I think, was it Lerner? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I remember him saying that to me, and I was like, "Fuck, dude!" Every time those teams suck, and I watch the Chargers need a new head coach again today, um, I'm thinking Jack Woods fucking nailed that. Those three teams, he just said they have horrible ownership and they will never win. I forgot that Bo had played quarterback over there. Yeah. It's before my time. Yeah. I think he said he went to school with Eric Karros. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, speaking of the Spanos family, um, you mentioned 
listening to uh, Steve today. I was out at lunch after 1 o'clock, and I happened to find myself on AM 570. 570 in the afternoon has Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete. Yeah. And for an hour, they had Eric Dickerson in studio. And so they brought up to Eric Dickerson that Anthony Lynn got fired. And they said to Eric, uh, you know, you surprised by this? How do you, how do you take it? And he said, uh, you know, it's good and it's bad. And the first thing that Eric said was, you know, it's disappointing as a black head coach. And I bet, Dave, for a lot of people, they just go, oh, of course, of course. It's because he's black he got fired, right? But I swear to God, if you would have stayed with that, Eric Dickerson, and listened to what he had to say for the hour, it was so goddamn good. It was so good because Eric continued to make point after point after point about how fucked up the NFL is. And he said, he said, I don't know that Anthony Lynn ever gets another head coaching job. And he said, when you look at the NFL, 80% of the players are black. And he said, you know what the coaching and the executives are? He said, it's basically like you have an all black college and you have two black students. Yeah. And he said, it's the epitome of the good old boy network. And he said, I'm sorry, it's racism running wild through there. And he said, uh, we heard tonight. I just heard tonight. Ello saying that the Chargers are talking about Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, yeah. You go, how the fuck is Jason Garrett up for this job? And Eric Bieniemy can't get it. But well, he, well, Eric Bieniemy has been interviewed by everybody. But yeah, the Chargers should say you were a Charger. You're, you were a Charger. We, and we were actually played against the Chiefs yesterday. We but, had a chance to talk right. to you this weekend. But the point that Dickerson made, and Rodney Pete said, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, I'm curious because this they, came up last year too. They made the example of Jim Caldwell. They said, look yeah. at what Jim Caldwell did in Indianapolis. Look at what Jim Caldwell did in Detroit. Yeah. And he's not back. That's true. But guys like Norv Turner get jobs. Yeah, I agree with that. Jason Garrett get jobs. I agree with that. And he said, it, Dave, it was so good. Yeah. And I, I'm telling you, the initial reaction would have been, oh, of course. But, you know, the argument last year when this topic came up, because, yeah, what he's saying is 100% right. A guy like Mike Tomlin been yeah. defended from the Rooney rule and has been one of the best coaches in the NFL. Yeah. You know, he's, Adam Gase got a second job, right? Yes, he did. <laughs> right. a- absolutely. And he's about to get hired right now. It sounds like as the OC at Alabama. But when you look at um, the coaches last year who were fired that were black, mm-hmm. none of them made the playoffs. So you yeah. understand that if it was a white coach or a black coach getting fired for not making the playoffs. Anthony Lynn, and I, you know, I cover the Chargers every year but this year. Yeah. I was there, man. He, he made so many decisions that were so bad with the clock that didn't make sense. And he had so many close losses, meaning losses under seven points, one score, yeah. that you go eventually like, are you going to improve as a head coach? This is on yeah. you. Time management's on you. How do you lose games in the end over and over again and, and not able to execute? I thought the the Chargers statement, I give them credit, was, hey, fantastic guy. He, you know, we gave him four years, and he, you aren't going to meet a better person than Anthony Lynn. On the way out, they said great things about but, him. But Jason Garrett but will he, get another. Now, Jason Garrett doesn't deserve another job. I know, but, but he I would get say one. Go ahead, fire Anthony Lynn, who's black, but hire the black guy who's Eric Bieniemy, who actually played for the Chargers, who yeah. is by far the most deserving guy who deserves a chance to be head coach. Well, what he said today, and <laughs> Dickerson's point was very funny, he said it starts with the ownership group. I understand. And, it, and he said, you know what happens? 
He goes, you know when you're walking down the street and you see all the crows flying? You know who's not in that pack? A duck. Because if there was, you'd be like, the hell's that duck doing flying with all the crows? And he said the crows are representative of the white owners and the duck would be the representative of the black GM. And he said they stick together. Packs stick together. I'm just telling you, man, you listen to it and you go, at first you're like, okay, here we go. And then you listen through and you go, God damn, I hope people stayed with it. I, I go, he's right. When you look at Norv, and I, I'm trying to think of other guys, well, right? Yeah, Norv's only background that he had was he was the OC when the Cowboys were great. I got it. Yeah. But Norv never should have gotten. No, with uh, the, shouldn't have been the coach of the Raiders or the Chargers no. or the Redskins. Right. And we <laughs> got three jobs. Yeah. And he pointed out. You know, Rex Ryan, and I'm sure, Dave, there's so many more that we could look at that if you really started putting pencil to paper, you're like, how did these guys keep getting hired over and over again? And the fan bases know. The fan bases yeah. know this is the, a mistake. Well, the players know. Yeah, there's not one person that saw Jason Garrett's name tonight and didn't oh. go, what the fuck? Yeah. Everybody's going, what the fuck? Yeah, now, I I don't know. Is he? Ex- I didn't see the news. Is he expected to get it? He, right now, he's the one name you're hearing is Jason Garrett. Now, Jason ho- it, it, hopefully, Garrett. it changes. But like, Bienemy is getting interviewed in like four different places, which he deserves. And as long case as people he gets don't know, yeah, Bienemy's Andy Reid's right hand guy in yeah. Kansas City, and he and he's paid his dues. He's been an NFL assistant for a long time. Yeah, he's from LA. He played for the Chargers. Right. Try to fight me once in the locker room. Good. <laughs> Good. I like Good. him even more. I knew you would. That's why I said it. Um. But Anthony Lynn, in my opinion, no, he's not a he's not a head coach. You know what I thought was weird about Anthony Lynn too? You, mm. you ever notice Anthony Lynn always wore the black charger hat? Like the black's not even in the team colors. Wear the fucking oh. colors, you asshole. <laughs> he, he always wore the black hat. I was like, You aren't coaching the Raiders. What are you doing wearing a black hat? I remember Trotter when Anthony had worked the couple games right before he got hired here. He filled in, ironically, for Rex Ryan yeah. in Buffalo when Ryan had been let go. And Jim was on ESPN and said, somebody said, what's your prediction? Anthony Lynn will be a head coach. It just won't be for the Bills. Yeah. And the panel, oh, and he got hired here. Man, I tell you what, Dave, I I watched Hard Knocks this year, and I just remember calling Trotter going, dude, this is a guy, Jim knows him well. You and I have obviously never met him. No, no, I've met him a bunch of times. Oh, okay. Well, I covered him for three of the four years he was there. But I'm saying, like, as far as sit down, like we. No, used no, to, no. But I mean, yeah. I literally talk to him every Sunday. Oh, nice. Well, I said to Jim, I go, dude, I wish that guy would have been the guy down here. Couldn't have been any worse than McCoy. No, couldn't shit. have been any worse than Norv. And I go, dude, I just, I genuinely feel like I would like that guy a lot. And Jim goes, dude, you guys would have been fast friends. Yeah, because he shoots straight. He's credible. He would respect you, and he would know that you respected him. And so, yeah, man, I'm not a Charger fan, but I just watched that. You're right, Dave. There's plenty of things, right, where you look at and you go, fuck, man, if, you're, if your mind's spinning, Gruden. I mean, look at Gruden. Oh, my God. What the a fucking. Yeah, now they're talking, the Raiders are talking, Gus Bradley's going to be Gus the new Bradley. defensive coordinator. What? Gus Bradley was terrible his last two jobs. Awful. Anyone who ever played for Gus Bradley would say he never changes his defensive scheme, that everybody can read him, no problem. Well, and it's the same thing on the offense for the Raiders. Yep. Gus Bradley, right. So that's the thing, right? Where, where if you're- Another Eric, coordinator job. Another coordinator 
where I would think the point that Eric Dickerson would make tonight would be, yeah. dude, there's nobody a secondary coach. There's nobody a linebacker coach. There's nobody, right, a special teams coach that could. As a Raider fan, okay, I'm telling you right now, I'm going, how have you not made a phone call to Matt Patricia? Because he's not getting a call as a head coach. Yeah. But Matt Patricia was the guy that was winning Super Bowls with the Patriots as the defensive coordinator. Yeah. How but, are you not calling him? Well, was it him or was it Belichick running the Well, deep? that's the thing. You, you don't know, but Patricia always got the credit for it. You got to learn something. I mean, but, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying over Gus Bradley. Well, I but I'm going back to what I heard this afternoon where you go, yeah, I think there's a problem in the league. And you go find a guy that you go, here's somebody new. Instead of bringing these fucking retreads back again, yeah. I would just, I would say for anybody, if you're interested in it, it was really, really good. And, uh, and I, and shit, man, Eric Dickerson, Hall of Famer, credibility behind it. And he didn't just sound like an angry guy making race the issue. Yeah. He was explaining very, to you the way it is. And, and, and obviously, it was really good. I think most people would say the only way to fix that is you need black ownership. And that's what he said. Yeah. He said the problem is, that you have had legit contenders that have come in with money, yep. people of color, and they've been turned away. Yeah, Magic Johnson was trying to get an NFL team. God damn, man. Yeah, yeah. He, and, and you know, here's another guy down the line who has a ton of money is LeBron. LeBron? LeBron will have Wasn't a ton Jay-Z of money. was Jay-Z trying to get in? Yeah, and Jay, the problem with Jay-Z is connected to the, the agents. You know, he has the agency. Oh, okay. That's what they say, but so does LeBron. LeBron's connected to the same thing. Yeah. It, it's interesting, and it's not just the NFL. I think if you walked into most schools across the country mm-hmm. and you walked into a lunchroom, you're going to see mostly white kids sitting with white kids, Mexican kids sitting with Mexican kids. You're going to see everyone broken out. Yeah. Black kids sitting with black kids. It, it's Can you as a human being – Make that decision that you're going to take time to evaluate somebody for somebody and not go color first. Uh, I'm so thrilled, and I said this, my son's two best friends are black brothers that live in Spring Valley. Yeah. And so the other day last week on vacation, uh, they had been over playing football, throwing the football over in uh, La Mesa, and I gave Ty and Dante a ride home. And they were the guys I was talking to about nights. I couldn't care less what Walchev thinks. I'm talking to two kids that live there, right? And uh, you mean when you were at Fuck Spring Valley, because these two fucking guys that I love, like they're like they're my own family, are telling me they go, you know what, man? At night, we would like to go down to the Seven Eleven and get a Slurpee or a Coke. We can't fucking go down the street yeah. because they're kids of color. And he goes and. They said to me, we got guys from gangs that are like, yo, come here. Yeah. We want to talk to you. And they go, we can't. So we basically stay in the house every night. And uh, they go, man, we hear shit. And it's either gunshots or fireworks, but you hear it every night. Yeah. And my two dipshit, oh, I don't know about every night. I go, do you goddamn live there? Do you goddamn live there? Shut up. Wait, which kid are you yelling at? <laughs> yeah, both of them. They They're, both question this. Oh, come on. I don't know about every night. I'm like, you live over in La Mesa. What do you know? You grew up in a cul-de-sac. There's only That's one way it. out. Yeah. <laughs> so because I've known Ty and Dante yeah. since they were six and seven years old, like I'm fascinated, right? Because it's uh, they're two guys. They're, for whatever reason, they're best friends with my sons. And Ty said the other day, he goes, yeah, I was set to go to, uh, uh, not go to Helix, but he said, I'm going to go to Helix now because my brother Dante will be there, who will eventually be on the football team. And uh, 
And Ty said, yeah, I'm going to go there because Jack and Kate are going to be there and I can hang out. And I go, so I said to those guys, so tell me the lunch plan. They go, oh, shit, we'll eat lunch together every day. Like, assuming we have the same lunch schedule. And I said, God dang, as a dad, that's freaking great. Not just that you have four buddies hanging out, busting balls. Nobody gives a shit what color you are. You couldn't be closer friends. But yeah, as soon as one starts, ah, hang on. What do you know? You're sitting at home watching Cobra Kai with your mom, drinking <laughs> drinking hot chocolate. I went to a high school, I, I told you, where most of the kids were from the Compton area. And yeah. you'd hear kids say that all the time. They'd come to school and say, Crazy. couldn't sleep last night. That helicopter was over my house the whole time. Like, I, the, like the helicopters, gunshots, the whole deal. And it was just common. Insane, man, it was hard to sleep with that helicopter going. Well, I lived in Encinitas. So I had to listen every night. Guys were playing Glass Tiger, Brian Adams. Chicago, just Jimmy hard, Buffett. man. Jimmy Buffett, Billy Ocean, Billy Ocean. <laughs> it was tough. Oh, it wasn't even Billy Ocean. It was just sounds of the ocean. Oh shit! Like the sound machine. Yeah, we didn't even get Caribbean Queen. Yeah, yeah. And there were days. Yeah, we we didn't want to walk to the Seven Eleven, but our fucking Vespas were broken, so we had to. <laughs> Your kids are questioning these guys. <laughs> yeah, they're like, hang on, hang on. And Ty, not there, die laughing. I go, hang on. Every, when I take them to their apartment. Yeah. You know what it's like, Dave. You see stuff on the street where you're like, oh boy. And I'm worried about these guys. I, I, these guys are just two of my favorite people in the world. And you get, you get worried, man. Like, what are they drawn into? But their mom is fantastic. Their mom is so goddamn funny. We're at uh, we're at Jack and Cade's birthday, and <laughs> I'm just sitting there minding my own business. These kids are running around, and Ty and Dante's mom. We're at we're at the beach. We're down in Mission Beach. She yells at me, Jeff. Like what? Scared the shit out of me. I look over and she has hiked her shirt halfway up and she's rubbing her belly. She goes, you want some of this? You ready to be my sugar daddy? I go, God damn. So all of a sudden she looks and they're playing touch football. And Cade, my son Cade catches a pass from Dante and he's running around and Dante like just goofing around trips him into the sand. She looks at me. She goes, aren't they on the same team? I go, yeah. Goddamn. Dante's mom runs about a 4440 oh, and just goes over to her son, slaps like a high five with him, and just leg sweeps him. You don't cheap shot a teammate. It's the funniest <laughs> shit I've ever seen. But their family and our family, Dave, you know it, yes. right? I mean, it's the thing that you learn from coaching. We have it with one. You have it with 300 from families that that you've dealt with yeah. from from coaching where all the parents and the kids are your family and you love them and they're hysterical and they're great but you also can be concerned for all of them of because course. you know it's it's in a rough part of town yeah. but they're smart kids they're bright kids and i know they'll make good decisions you just said a second ago cobra kai are you watching this at all you know what? I, I I have to tell you i watched like the first episode of season one and yeah. i couldn't really get into really? it but it's my, corny as fuck. But my kids are now 
Like, I called them tonight. They're like, hey, we're watching season three. Can we call you tomorrow? Yeah, I guess. I wrapped it up today. You watched all of it? All of it. I watched season three, wrapped it up today. So the only thing I know is because I run into certain things, you run into certain spoilers. Um, I'll be careful. Uh, Let me just put it this way in case anybody hasn't watched it. I don't want to be the one to give it away. I heard that uh, there's a pretty good cameo in season three. Put it this way. Everybody that was in the movie is in the show. Yeah, that's cool, right? Okay. But yeah. you, uh, it's great. It's good. It, I don't know if it's great. It's it's not Breaking Bad, but it's if you like the movie. But I love Martin you, Cove. Like Martin yeah. Cove to me, he does a great job. You hate his sense. guts. Oh yeah, it's great. I mean, it's and uh, and Johnny Lawrence is great. And, right? he, and Johnny Lawrence, you're rooting for Johnny Lawrence. I love it. We always have yeah, though. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. But yeah, no, I watched. Uh, you, how many t- episodes today? Ten, uh, today I watched eight. I think. At eight. But they're all like forty minutes long. Thirty minutes, well, okay. less than that probably. Um, the the last one I think was forty minutes, the number ten. But anyway, it was it was just you breeze through. Yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, again, yeah. I'll, if they make a season four, I'll, I'll be watching, doing the whole damn thing. But it, it it's funny. Everybody, even from the Karate Kid two, they're in it too. Everybody shows. I love up. that. Yeah, I love so that. So if you if you've seen the the movies, you're gonna like it all the way through. All right, one quick one I'll give you on HBO Max. I may have said this last week, so I'm sorry if I'm being redundant. But Dave, did I mention Southland to you? You did. Okay. God damn, so fun. Yep. And taped in and around L.A. But that is really good. Regina King uh, is in it, and uh, I don't know what happened to C. Thomas Howell. They may have ran him out of there. <laughs> but the kid from the O.C. is in it. But God damn, that is that's really good. That's you, on HBO Max. Right so now. my wife's been watching Shit's Creek. Okay. Oh shit, dude! So, that show is funny as fuck. I'm only like dude, two episodes in, but so, that is really funny. I'm not. I, I can't get into this one, and everybody loves this show. I'm not a fan. My wife's you on gotta, season three already. You got to hang with it. You. I remember it took you a little while to heat up to the office. Yeah, it did. Well, the first season sucked. Yeah. yeah. But Shit's Creek, dude. That's Eugene Levy's real kid. That's good. And that's, that's his real kid. That's his son. No way. Dude, that fucking kid is so funny. That kid is. Uh, I'm trying to think of who he is that we know. I he's he's got a little bit of Jeff Stewart in him. Yeah, he's got a little bit of Scotty Rice in him, and uh, I'm trying to think. There's somebody else got a little bit of Costa in him, right? But dude, the okay, Eugene Levy's kid, Chris Elliott is in it. Yeah, I'm not a Chris Elliott fan. Dude. Chris Elliott's that guy. I was go. How did his career manage to stay around? No like David idea. Letterman loved him. Loved him, and he was on Everybody Loves Raymond. Every time I see him, I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You just have to hang with that guy because he's a fucking wreck. Yeah, Chris Elliott would have been perfect on this show. He should have been our update guy. <laughs> and uh, but, dude, the girl who works at the motel is the funniest fucking girl. Uh, Goddamn, she's so funny. Yeah, just stick with that. Again, I'm only like three episodes in. Are you? But uh, yeah, the Chris Elliott, Chris Elliott's wife's fucking nuts. But that's uh, the girl from Home Alone. Not Chris Elliott's no. wife. I'm sorry, Eugene Levy's wife's a girl from Home Alone. Well, yeah, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. They're on SCTV. But dude, his son and the girl who works at the motel. Uh, yeah, it's I gotta I gotta stay with that one. Yeah, I've let me know what you think. Shit. All right. Yeah, guarantee my wife's watching it right now. Watching yeah. the same thing right Down now. Down with Hallmark movies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hallmark movies are over it. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, she doesn't watch during Valentine's Day. She just does it during Christmas time. But uh, she has yeah, standards. Today I had a plumber in the house for like 10 hours, so that's why I was able to watch Cobra Kai. Sit there and just What'd they the- do? 
Dude, fuck. I, I th- this plumbing situation. I have I think holes in every bathroom in my house right now. Like they oh, shit. Water pressure issues, just just blowing out faucets like crazy all of a sudden. There's uh I had water coming from that my down I have two bathrooms downstairs, but one bathroom, the guest room, water's just coming through the light vent. Like through the light. This one right here and that so, we all use? No, no, not the one you go into. The one that has a shower. Oh, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. Water just coming through the light vent. Oh shit. Then I walk out and I look up, water's coming through the heating vent. Through oh. right through the filter. I'm like, what the fuck? And so find out the pressure's all jacked up and then now you're sitting there and they're cutting through the walls like crazy. Oh dude. So what do you do? You call your insurance company. Yeah. Your insurance company goes, Well, you have about ten things wrong, but we aren't gonna write those up as one thing. We're gonna write them as ten individual things. So your thousand ten different deductibles? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's thousand dollars each one. Oh and, shit. And you're like, what the fuck? Like you gotta be kidding me. And so, and we always did that, that homeowner's insurance deal. Yeah, you know, the that home warranty. Home warranty. And for some reason, man, I don't know what happened in 30 days, we missed it. And all oh, of a sudden, it expired. Yeah, because that's like 60. Yeah, we completely, yeah, we completely fucked that up. We've had it forever. I don't Dude, know what- We had my, one too. And I'm sitting there looking at my wife like, you fucked this up. You do the bills. But, it, but it, yeah, oh, it, it was insane. So I got these guys all day long, man, in this fucking house. Uh. Still not done. Got to come back tomorrow. Then I got to bring someone in to fucking to do the fill drywall, all the drywall, and match the paint. And I'm just like, son of a bitch, man. This it, it sucks, dude. It, it, anytime you have any, like uh, you're, you're talking about your car, you're yeah. talking about your car all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm like, wait, how much is this shit? Yeah. You know, how much am I paying? And then you realize you don't yeah. know anything about plumbing. You're like, just no. fucking fix it. Yeah, so it never happens again. Uh, the good news is, if they don't get it fixed, um, right down the street from you is Donovan. And they have a bunch of guys on a work release program. Uh, we'll get my my buddy Hondo's a guard over there. Yeah, we'll get about seven or eight of those guys Hondo. up here in a bus. It's weird because they're all chained together, but uh, they like to sing. Nobody. Uh, but yeah, but they do good work. Oh my god! And they, oh, the stories they tell. Goddamn, you'll laugh for it. <laughs> you'll laugh for it. And then you'll have to move. There was a there was a sad story tonight. It was Vince Scully's wife. Did you see the story? No. What happened? Vince Scully's wife died today. Oh okay? no! Yeah, she died of ALS. She was seventy six years old. Vin's ninety three. It's his second wife. So you look at Vin, who's uh. the nicest guy in the world. He lost his first wife in nineteen seventy two. Then he's been married uh. to this one for forty seven years. Seven kids, twenty one grandchildren, and uh, she died today. Is her name Sandy. Sandy Scully. You're right. You Sandra know, or whatever is her real name, but uh, Sandy. Yeah. You know, Dave, what what is heartbreaking about that is in Vin's final year, he did a couple of sit-down interviews that I saw, and she was there yeah. with him and, and backstage Dodgers. Like, I've always said it, man, I'm, I'm not a Dodger fan at all, but goddamn, I couldn't be a bigger fan of Vin. And just an incredible guy. And you could just tell, man, he adored her and she adored him. Yeah. Boy, that that sucks. Remember um, he lost his son in 94, yep. the Northridge earthquake? Yep. In a helicopter accident. And uh, and never wrote a book, man. No. Vin, Kurt Smith wrote a book about him called Pull Up a Chair, and, and Vin really didn't participate in that. Which was kind of surprising, right? If you if you think about yeah. it, but Vin just that wasn't who he was. But he was, I mean, really tight with Bill Plashkin and a few guys. So told stories at the end, 
when he was wrapping it up. God damn, Dave, I had not heard that. It's been a crazy couple of days for us, so uh, it makes me incredibly sad. It is. It's, uh, you know, we lost a, a bunch of Hall of Famers in different sports that passed away the last couple of days. Yeah. One of them was Phil Negro, and every yeah. time they keep showing Phil Negro highlights, he's always striking out Kurt Pavacqua. It's like, <laughs> if I'm Kurt Pavacqua, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> the guy played out. for 100 years. How about showing somebody else? Well, they had that thing on MLB Network that the guys that he struck out the most were a bunch of guys from the Big Red Machine. Yeah. Remember? It was yeah. like Tony Perez. Yeah. George Foster. It was George like, Foster all, all these was guys. on yeah. there. Yeah, Bavak was like, where the hell are yeah, they? Exactly. I just pinch hit twice a year. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> the, other, the other baseball note, John Chiambi. Yes, yes, I meant to bring that up. And uh, in, in, in case you don't know the story, he got the Cubs play-by-play job. Huge hype Which, I tell Cubs. you what, it's huge for the Cubs and huge for us. Because there are rumors that Orsillo, the Cubs were interested in Orsillo, and that they're interested in Joe Davis from the Dodgers. Oh, wow. And so as, as fans, because everybody in this town loves Don. And yeah. not saying that San Diego's not great, but the, the Cubs job is a royalty job. Like, oh, yeah. You know, you're the Cubs uh-huh. announcer. It's a big fucking deal. So I was super happy that it was uh, Boog, and it wasn't uh, one of the guys that you and I like to have here in our in our hometown. So a couple of things on that. Number one, the fear had been that that job was going to go to Chris Myers. So it was kind of going behind Chris the Myers curtain. from Fox? Chris Myers. Oh, fuck, I hate him. He's my the least. The worst. He's, he, I can't stand him. He's the fucking worst. And the talk had been... Because Chris Myers, so they launched Marquee Sports Network, which is the Cubs network, and Myers was there behind Len Casper. Yeah. Len Casper got the Cubs job and had been there quite a while, but we'll go way back. When that job opened up in 04, and I'm trying to think, I think Chip Carey had left. The guy that the Cubs went after was Matt Vaskersian. Yeah. Matt wanted that job. Matt was ready to take that job. And the guys at Channel 4, San Diego, Dennis Morgino, Dan Novak, and all those guys wouldn't let him out of the deal. So Matt was stuck here. Matt was leaving, was going to be the TV voice of the Cubs with, I think, Steve Stone. So on that day, when it found out that V can't get the job, we book him on ESPN 800. that's great. And he comes on. That was great. And I go, hey, Matt. I go, listen, I'm not going to get it. I said to him, I'm not going to sandbag you, but I go, I just, you'll know what I'm doing. <clears throat> the first question I said to him was, hey, Matt, how often do you walk around the house and just yell out the F word right now? And he goes, a lot. <laughs> True. He was super pissed. He was pissed. They fucked him. Yeah, they did. They fucked him. What happened at that time with Channel 4? Channel 4 was cool. And I, I love Dan Novak. Morgino's great. They they did a great disrespect to Matt. What they should have understood, like anything, from coaching in any line of work you're in, that's a fucking promotion. And to say to a guy, no, we're going to force you to stay here and play out your contract, instead of saying, you know what, Matt, we wish you were here forever, but this is a really unique opportunity with a really unique franchise, and we're sorry to see you go, but off you go. And and I don't know I don't know if Mud was in the mix at that point. Um and I gotta be really careful on that. I know because Mud's from Joliet and has ties back there and, and I've That was I, his team. That was his team. And I, I don't I haven't talked to Mud about that for a long time, so be careful 
how far I go, but but I know Vascursion at that point. Lenny Casper gets the job, comes down from Milwaukee, where he had been doing Brewers games, and they put him with Jim Deshays, who had come up from Houston, and those two guys, along with Don and Mud, along with Dwayne Kuyper and, uh, and uh, Mike Kruko, Gary Cohen, uh, Ron uh, Darling, and, and Keith Hernandez, like really the upper echelon TV broadcast, right? And it said a lot about the Cubs that Len Casper this year decided to leave the Cubs, took a pay cut, and went to the south side to become the White Sox radio announcer. Yeah. Jason Benetti from ESPN and Steve Stone, ironically, are the TV voices. But the great Ed Farmer passed away. Andy Mazur filled in. But unfortunately, Andy wasn't in the mix for the permanent job. And Len Casper got it. So when Len left TV with the Cubs on marquee to go do radio... Len's point was, I always wanted to do a World Series. I feel like the White Sox have a chance to do wow. it. And he said it was incredibly tough for me in 2016 to call all those Cubs games and then have to sit on the sidelines while Joe Buck called the World Series. So as soon as Len left, the immediate talk was Chris Myers is getting this job. And you looked at it and you go, dude, you can't. No. You just can't do that. Chris Myers shouldn't be doing Tampa Rays baseball. I'm with you. Or the Puerto Rico League, wherever Brenneman ended up. <laughs> and so when I saw that today, that Boog got the job, Boog's incredibly well-liked. He's yes. incredibly well-respected. He'd been the voice of the Marlins. He'd been the voice of the Braves. And he's been the voice of Wednesday and Sunday night, Wednesday night baseball on ESPN, Sunday night on the radio. Yeah. And it's a great hire for Cubs fans. Exactly. He's dynamite. Yeah, he's Dry as good sense as of humor. Really, really good. So great for, for John and and great for the Cubs fans, man. I like that. But I don't know that Orsillo would have jumped for that job. Because yeah, I don't, I I don't know the, either. I think the Cubs have financial issues right now. I mean, Tom Which is Rick, very strange, isn't it? But, yeah, you're right. I mean, if I'm Don, and sure, the Cubs are a premier organization, but I'm looking at what they're doing here in San Diego. He lives in North IB. And he, that's uh, what Mud tells him all that's the time. That's funny as hell. Because he lives in Coronado Caves and Mud tells him all the time, no, Don, you live in North IB. <laughs> and it's a, a point of discussion that cracks me up. But when you look at Darvish coming here and Blake Snell coming here, yeah. Tatis, well, I think I think this is a premier gig. And isn't I think this, Don likes what he's got with Mud. And who, and why wouldn't he? Isn't it very strange when we you talk about the big names that the Padres have acquired? Uh-huh that other teams aren't doing anything. Like, every team isn't doing anything. Yeah. Like, it reminds you back to 88 with the whole collusion deal, right? Yeah. Where all of a sudden Major League Baseball had to step in and go, what the fuck's going on? Now, MLB owners are saying, we don't know what's going to happen, you know, because yeah. of, of COVID, when the season starts, no DH, what's, what's going on? And then all of a sudden the Padres are like, hey, it's business as usual. We're trying yeah. to win, and you don't see any team. I mean, all these free agents that you talked about two months ago, yeah. they're still there. Yeah. You know, all the big names. I mean, Bauer. Yeah. Bauer's there. Rio Muto. It, it's in, it, it, Springer. Yeah. LeMahieu. All these guys yeah. are still there. And you sit there and you go, is anybody going to jump? Because you thought for sure the Mets were jumping. Well, and that's funny you said that because reading the New York Post yesterday, all of a sudden the honeymoon with Steve Cohen is over. But Steve Cohen is preaching what you and I have preached for 20 years, Dave, which is we're not going to spend dumb money. 
because they yeah. said, boy, if you want to get on Cohen's bad side, make a stupid deal, right? Yeah. Make the, uh, oh, I'm mind blanking, the, the, the outfielder that came from the Red Sox and went to the Yankees and has been beat up. And they, uh, fuck, they're on the... Uh, Ellsbury. Yeah, Jacoby Ellsbury, right? Or John Carlos Stanton or yeah. any of these deals. Man, you do that uh, uh, as Steve Cohen's GM, you're gonna be you're gonna be his former yeah. GM, and he's just he understands he's dictating the market right now, but he's gonna wait it out. Yeah, very interesting to me that it's January and all the big names basically are still there, and the, and the Padres, to their credit, they didn't go sign a free agent that you go. What are you doing? Yeah, they they made trades. Well, and I think too, you know what would really probably move the market a little bit. As if they goddamn determined the DH. Yeah, well, and it sounds like there's no DH from everything we're hearing in the National League this year, but it will be forever starting in 2022. Yeah. Which is uh, every team in the National League, the fan bases especially, really want to see it. Yeah. But you can see that the storyline is it's part of the negotiation process with the Players Union in a year. Yeah, changes everything, right? Yeah. So a lot of guys, I think some of the the uh, dominoes would have started to fall but now, you know, you said something to me really interesting today that I hadn't thought about. The, the Japanese pitcher, and it, it's like Shugiano, that is expected to sign tomorrow. Yeah. And I know the Mets are involved. The Giants are involved. You haven't seen anything with San Diego. I, I can't imagine San Diego's in on him after getting Snell and Darvish. But you said something interesting today. Why you wouldn't have any interest in bringing them here, going or sending them to the Dodgers? It's a different. It's a different pitching plan in the, the Japanese league, meaning that they pitch once every seven days. Wow! And here we're pitching once every five days, and you see over and over again the players that come over from Japan they break down. Yeah. And I'm I'm to the point as a baseball fan, I would never sign one. Now it sounds bad to say, I would never sign one. But if you look up, you look up you Darvish. Okay, number yeah. one, you Darvish. Of course, he represented Japan in the World Baseball Classic when we all saw him for the first time to go, what the fuck, this guy's outstanding. But when you look at you Darvish, I think you Darvish is, now it sounds race when I say this, I think he's 50% Iranian. Like, he, he's 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 not a small Japanese guy. Shohei Otani's not a small Japanese no. guy either. He's a big dude. Yeah. I mean, he's might be bigger than Darvish even. Yeah. But I'm not saying body type. What I'm saying is the reason I think they, they break down coming from Japan is not race. It's because they grew up an entire time on a different pitching schedule, meaning once every seven days is a big difference from once every five days. It's interesting. But remember remember the Angels last year said Otani was only going to pitch on Sundays? Yeah. They were trying to go back to his schedule, what he was used to. Well, and I, I look at it from a San Diego standpoint. I get it that Otani is basically on a rookie contract. But and again, if he had come here, I feel like he signed before Hosmer, so he could have been the first baseman. Am I right on that? I'm not sure now. Now I'm not confused. I think you're right on that. I think Otani signed before Hosmer came here, right? Because they were pretty deep in him, um, in negotiations with him. They felt like they were going to get him. But they wanted him for both the bat and everything else. Yeah. I, I assume they felt like he was going to play first because. Yeah, that was the, the question with Angels. Well, you have Bulls. What are you doing? Yeah, and have Otani DH. Look, if Otani had come here, whether or not he would have been pitching at this time, it still would have been insane for San Diego because as we look up, Fernando Tatis Jr. is on TV doing Gatorade spots, which is great. What's the deal with Bolt 24? Why isn't it Bolt 23? Who fucked that up? Who fucked that up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
I'm sure it's some part of the marketing. Yeah, I'm but, sure it is. But probably 24 hour a day. But um, yeah, I mean, Otani would have been the guy to, even with the injuries, would have put San Diego on on the international map. But I I look through. I, but I'm interested now. But yeah, they they say what what have, other than the Padres, what teams have done anything? Yeah. And they're waiting on the Mets, man. Mets fans are getting itchy because they thought it would be their guy making the big impact moves. And so many teams are looking around going, what did it take to get Blake Snell? What did it take exactly to get right. Darvish? Nothing? Yeah, exactly I, I, right. I mean, you paid a lot. You gave up a lot of players, but we'll see how it works Well, out. right now everybody's talking. that It's funny, you and I said it on our show, not saying we, we set the trend, but we said on the show last week that by far and away the three best teams in the National League are the Dodgers, Padres, and Braves, not yeah. in any order. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you're hearing all last week all these national shows. I think the Dodgers, Padres, and Braves yeah. are. And I, really I was, was kind of laughing about it. But the fact that the Padres are mentioned in that conversation really fun. to even a year ago at this time, two years ago, three years ago at this time, the Padres weren't in those conversations at all. No, and and it it's huge credit, right? I mean, we did a, a Twitter poll the other day, and we said, who's the best ownership group in San Diego in the history? And we said, well, is it Seidler Fowler? Is it Gene Klein? Is it John Moores? Who is it? Uh, is it Ray Kroc, right, who saved baseball here? And Ray Kroc brought Garvey here. Like, there yeah. was a lot that happened. I love Craig Elston. Craig Elston dropped me a note. He goes, dude, you missed one. Uh, Bob Bell and Ron Fowler, when they owned the Sockers, because Craig's point is exactly right. At that time, while not one of the major four, Indoor soccer was incredibly hot. You had TV deals with Sportsnet. You had TV deals with ESPN. You had 10,000 in the arena on a regular night. You had players that had played in the World Cup that were on these teams and were going off to play on the World Cup. And to win 10 uh, indoor championships like the Bob Bell, Ron Fowler, Ron Newman teams did, you go, fuck yeah. That was incredibly exciting in San Diego. Um, but I, I look at it and I go, yeah, I, I love it. I was a part of that. But what Pete Seidler is doing for this city and what Ron did, uh, is in a lot of ways unmatched. Yeah. Um, because of the money that you've given to Machado, what you're going to do with Fernando Tatis, the trades that you've made, right? It, it's incredibly exciting and I don't think they're done. One other sports thing I want to ask you, Woods brought this up, but I was looking at Twitter, and a lot of people on Twitter were saying the same thing. Um, I don't know if they stole it from Woods or Woods stole it from them, but it was Philip Rivers. It was like the love affair with Philip Rivers in this town, and the point people are making on Twitter was like, wait a second, here's a guy that hasn't played a game for San Diego in more than four years. Yeah. He moved and sold his house in San Diego. He lives in Florida, plays in Indiana. What's the deal with the love affair with Philip Rivers I found myself cheering for the Colts because of yeah. Philip Rivers. Not saying they're my favorite team, but if the Colts are playing the Steelers next week, I'm rooting for the Colts just because of Philip Rivers. Completely. Um, here's what why Philip Rivers is loved in this town. Number one, when he came here, um, he hit the ground almost immediately, right? With his whole thing. Incredibly likable. I think because we're a little bit we have a small town mentality in San Diego. We remember that he played five days after ACL surgery or whatever the fuck he did, right? 
But what made him a legend in this town is when they moved, he commuted. He didn't do what so many of his teammates did, and I don't blame any of them. I just made that fucking drive. It was insane. <laughs> um, he commuted back and forth. He continued to talk San Diego. Sorry, I love Nick Hardwick, but Nick Hardwick talked about being loyal to the soil and then went and begged for his job back and got his job back and continues to take Mike Costa's ad lib money. Yeah. Um, Rivers never wavered on who he was, and he was a San Diego guy. And I think a lot of people, Dave, remember when he was honored at the Breitbart dinner, at the Hall of Champions dinner afterwards, and he got very emotional talking about what this city means to him. Rivers never turned his back on this city. That's Until he sold his house. Well, he sold got his- Got the fuck out of here. <laughs> he said- What's he doing in Florida? What are you no, doing? No state income tax, and his family's from Alabama. How about that crazy T-shirt they have in Indianapolis? It says, uh, fucking in football. That's what 17's all about. You, and I was like, wow. You asshole, they do not. <laughs> Take that back. I got uh, to tell you about the text I got from you Mark asshole. Grant last night. Was it ripping me? Yes. It's a fucking guy. Why is he going after me three days in a row? Because he's sick of you writing about we. Do you see what I wrote back to him? No, what you write him back? I saw you misspelled something and yeah. then deleted the tweet. And then I fixed it because I got tired of this shit, these assholes. Would I you? can't see you, motherfuckers. I Because uh, he got me three days in a row. He got me with the Lakers, Alabama, and the Raiders. He's so sick of your shit. He, he sent me a text. I should have kept it. And so, he goes, what's with this idiot? What's with everything we? Didn't he go to San Diego State? Yes. And I, I don't see you bragging about Brady Hoke. Well, they're choking games against Colorado State when they're up by 26. Fuck. Most embarrassing loss of all. I turned the channel. I thought yeah. the game was in the books. I um, told him. I wrote him back. I go, Dave's the modern-day Marv Marinovich living on his son's coattails. And Mud true. fucking loved it. That's true. I cut you right down to size. Well, I wrote him back, and he didn't respond. But I wrote him back and said, my good friend Ted Leitner says you can say <laughs> we and us as much as we want. And that's why he's San Diego's favorite broadcaster. Maybe you should start doing it. It might help your Q rating. And he fucking didn't respond. <laughs> I fucking miss that. <laughs> <laughs> he was so sick of your shit. Dude, Ted's right next to him yelling, my Padres nonstop. What the fuck? He's not playing either. Who's the last guy that listened to Ted? Please. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh, shit. He was so sick of your Dude, shit. Dude, I know. He's been so aggressive in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no for you. Yeah, I told him. I go, fuck that guy. He's the modern day Marv Marinovich. It's Riding true. his son's coattails. True. Trying to make something out of himself. I go, fuck. <laughs> He's borderline Joe Jackson. <laughs> hey, want to mention Dan Williams. Dan Williams is your guy to help you get out of debt. Look, 2021 is here. What are you waiting for? You need to make sure you get your priorities in order, and that, of course, it means your finances. Get out of debt and also get out of the rental market. Be ready to buy a home. Dan can walk you through the process. If you have not called Dan, I know so many of you have. You're making a huge mistake. Dan will take your phone call and put things in the right order. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. So all of a sudden today, uh, my buddy James Hughes, loyal listener of the podcast, thank you, Jimmy, uh, said, he goes, hey, tells me and Padre Insider Connor Yingling, did you check your bank account for your stimulus check? I'm like, no. 
thing's weeks away. He goes, dude, check your bank account. So everything goes into an account that I had with my ex. I send her a text. I go, hey, did the stimulus check show up? She goes, hang on. I don't think so. She checked. She goes, God dang, it's here. She goes, hey, I'll Venmo you the cash. So I said it last week. You had to do the catalytic converter. And all of a sudden, when you're paying off that credit card bill, getting 600 comes in to pay it. So it's borrow smart, repay smart. And I said to my kids tonight, it's one of the things that Dan talks about. It's very funny. I got a nice email from Best Buy. Hey, you've paid off your, your Best Buy card. Congratulations. Here's some things you might have interest in. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Yeah, get out of here. Do. But uh, did you get that? I don't know yet. My wife runs the, the No, but account. I'm like, did you get the Best Buy email? No, I, I, I got rid of my Best Buy card. Did you? Yeah, get rid dumped of it out. Well, I had said this is the borrow smart, repay smart theory coming to, coming to mind. I had said last week that I was incredibly excited because my kids were getting Aztec season tickets for Christmas because it guaranteed us a spot to buy season tickets in the new stadium. Saturday, we had to go to L.A., and when I realized it was 120 miles to the exit at Carson, I, I made an audible. And so I texted my ex-wife. I go, hey, listen to this. What if I ditched the plans for Aztec season tickets and instead take advantage of that 12-month same-as-cash with Best Buy and get these two idiots a PlayStation 5 instead of Aztec tickets? She goes, oh, she goes, I think that's your plan. <laughs> so my apologies to Brady Hoke, but my two kids are incredibly excited. We've gotten away from the chance to go see Fresno State. And instead, <clears throat> whenever, uh, but I told them I'm paying off the repair to the car. Yeah. I'm paying off two other things and then we'll work on it in spring and summer. They go deal. So uh, borrow smart, repay smart, so that ultimately you can get in the housing market as well. Call Dan, tell him we sent you. Speaking of the housing market, Brian Curry is the guy you're going to want to call when you're looking for that perfect neighborhood, that perfect home. Brian Curry has the answers for you. Again, nobody knows San Diego County better than Brian Curry. Make sure you give him a call. He's one of the top 1% internationally with Caldwell Banker. He's the best in the business. He's the guy that we use. Brian Curry's number again, 619 251 one five eight eight six one nine two five one one five eight eight. David, so funny. Earlier today, I heard this story. A buddy of mine told me, "Man, I'm at home and I'm having major plumbing issues." And I go, "What? This fucking guy, dude, has like ten different issues with his plumbing." And I said, "Do you have a home warranty?" He goes, "Fuck no. My wife let it run out." I go, "Fucking a." Well, I tell you what, if you bought a house with Brian Curry. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to remind you, hey, numbnuts, make sure you have a home warranty. Don't <laughs> don't tw don't trust uh, the missus over there, because if things happen in a home, even a beautiful home and the plumbing goes out, insurance companies can fucking hit you 10 different times. Can sure you can. imagine? I'll tell you this, Dave. That's not bullshit. That's a <laughs> real story that happened. And uh Boy, I wish my buddy knew Brian Curry because Brian would have been smart and reminded him in a Christmas card every year, hey, renew your home warranty in case anything <laughs> happens, in case you get bats or plumbing issues. <laughs> but instead, my buddy relied on his bride, and guess what? Uh-uh, uh-uh. He's fucked. Yep. He'll be down. 
on Fifth and Market selling plasma for the next <laughs> nine weeks, and I don't mean TVs, trying to play that plumbing bill. So ask the questions that you didn't even know you needed the answers to. If you don't ask them, you know who will. Brian Curry will ask on your behalf. <laughs> the next thing is, if you're looking for that pool, look, you know spring's just around the corner, and the weather in San Diego is always warm. Even on Saturday, it was in the oh, 70s. Oh, it's great. It's awesome. Look, Taylor May Pools, Alan Taylor can help you out. What are you waiting for? 619-449-4452. Put your backyard, make it a staycation. Get rid of the, the land that you aren't using and put that beautiful pool back there. Get rid of you, those fucking lawn darts. Dude, who, exactly. Who even keeps score? Nobody plays croquet anymore. God, Get no the, bocce ball. 619-449-4452. Get rid of that big marble chess table. Nobody's impressed. You're not classy. You're a douche. Dave, I have a buddy of mine, and he told me earlier today, he was so excited. He goes, guess what I did? I put a pool in my downstairs bathroom. I go, what? He goes, yeah, I'm filling it. Water flying right out of the heating vent. I go, god damn it. That's not how you build a pool, for Christ's sake. It's what happens when you let amateurs put a ratchet in their hand, and all of a sudden, they're you know, you give them a paintbrush, and all of a sudden, they're Van Gogh. Jesus. Jesus Christ. We don't need a goddamn pool in the downstairs bathroom. We need one in the backyard. It's simple. It's all ball bearings. So <laughs> all you have to do is call our friend Alan Taylor. Wish him a happy Canadian New Year. It's my favorite joke. <laughs> he won't have any idea what it means. But if you tell him, hey, I need a pool and I don't want it in my living room, in my den, or the downstairs bathroom, I'd actually, because I'm a bit of a gambler, I'd like it in the backyard. Alan, assuming he doesn't have something else to do. He's not at Glamis again? Yeah, he's not at Glamis or watching some Neil Peart documentary, right? Watching about Tragically Hip or watching a Bob and Doug film fest. <laughs> assuming we could get him out of his relaxation mode, he's going to come build you a gorgeous pool. Go to DaveAndJeffShow.com. Go on that sponsor page and see for yourself. I love the 3D technology. Yes. Let me ask. Oh, you know what? There's only one special tonight. And I know that goddamn Amy's over there. No, we're not doing seven of them. The hell we're not. You know who has seven lives? The gorgeous Tanya Roberts. Yes. How about that? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> What's going on? God, we were ready to. The guy from North Korea is like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> Ted Williams is like, see? It can happen. Where are my shoulders? Yeah. But right now, for the first seven people that call cash only, uh, Tanya Roberts, well, as long as she's with us, yes. you better hustle because that price is going up in case the news changes. But for right now, we're good. Does her publicity agent get a check this month? <laughs> God damn. He probably gets a CPR class and, and sent a link to a YouTube video on how to check a pulse. If you don't know what the fuck Jeff's talking about, there's a press release sent out that Tanya Roberts had died. Yeah, former Charlie's Angels. Yes. And, and then, he goes, shit, that's a drag. Wasn't then, she Sheena? And then, <laughs> no, I don't think she was Sheena. I don't know. She was some jungle chick. And then, uh, and then there's a press release hours later that she's still alive. <laughs> like, who who did they do that with like a year ago? It was somebody and then they ended up passing away like two days later. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. He's fine. Like James Brown or something. <laughs> you go, what? <laughs> well, I hope she's okay. I always felt bad for her. 
Who was the other? Like anybody who came in. Um, Shelly, was it Shelly Ladd? Cheryl. No, I know Cheryl Ladd. Who was the one that came in, the other blonde that came in after Cheryl Ladd came oh, in? Oh, yeah. Dude, I can't think of her name. I uh, know you're talking about. I yeah. can see her face. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking but, funny. But remember, like when they came in, yeah. Cheryl Ladd came in and Cheryl Ladd was smoking, s- smoking hot. But then the other ones came in and you were like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. They were all pretty. Yeah. But they just couldn't make it happen. Oh, my gosh. I got to look this Shelly. I'm going to find this shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, hold on. Shelly Hack. Shelly Hack. She wasn't a hack. No. By any means. How many years do you think Charlie's Angels was on? Oh, I'll say 11. Five. That's it? That's it, They had dude. 19 different cast Yeah, changes. they did. One, two. Yeah. Three, right. four, five, six, Tanya seven. Roberts came in. She was at the end, though. Yeah. Shelly Hack. Yep. Jacqueline Smith, Cheryl Ladd, Kate Jackson, Holy and Farah. Yeah. Am I missing anybody? You got, you got them all. Damn, dude. You got them all. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't pay much attention to that. Yeah, the show hasn't show. aired since 1981, and you got them all. Well, that goddamn show in Battle of the Network Stars yeah. changed my life. Dude, Battle of the Network Stars did change our life. God damn. <laughs> Kyle Fluger is the guy you want to talk to when it comes to that website. Again, we use a lot of websites through Kyle. A lot of you have been great. So many listeners in the last week have been great when it comes to uh, donating money to Jake's projects. <clears throat> I can't thank you enough. Very uh, very much appreciative. Jeff's on the board. Katie Temple's on our board. And uh, waiting for COVID to end to tell you exactly where the money is going to go that you guys were so great to donate. Again, Kyle Fluger can help you out with his, your website as well, like he's helped us out with about three of them. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Everybody continues to be shut down and we're just seeing these numbers go through the roof it, it's just we you all see these mortuaries that are turning people away oh my goodness man i saw a story tonight that said ambulance drivers are being told don't pick up patients that you don't think are going to survive wow they're making the the emts be be judge and jury and so how does this you know relate to kyle fluger it's because people are staying at home and we talk about shopping online or doing anything, learning about businesses online. Man, is your business thriving? Because plenty are. Man, I could tell you there are plenty of businesses that are thriving right now as people stay home and that stimulus check is coming in and they're not traveling and they're not going for concerts or doing anything else. So if they're spending that money, how can they be spending the money with you? If your website's not performing, call Kyle. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. Absolutely. Okay, here we go. How old are they and how much are they worth? We got uh, two different dates because only two per date. Okay. January 3rd, we're going to start off with Eli Manning. Man, that's funny. Eli Manning. I'm going to say he's 38. 40 years old. Really? Yep. Okay. And how much is he worth? I'm going to say he is worth $120 million. $253 million. Whoa. $253. God damn. Good for him. I'll give you a hint on this one. This guy has more. Okay. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Wow. I'm going to say Mel Gibson is going to surprise me today by being 70 years old. He is 65. Fuck. I've, sorry, Mel. <laughs> That's payback for some of yeah, your Yeah, no rants. kidding. 
Maybe you put down the old granddad. Put down grandma's grape juice. Jesus. Mil- rain it in. Hate ain't great. <laughs> um, $270 million. $425 million. Holy shit. What the fuck, right? That's what? the most surprising one I've ever seen. Yeah, that one seems high. 425. All right, here we go. We're going January 4th, today's date. We're going Chris Bryant. Oh, Chris Bryant from the Cubs? Uh, I should know this. Say he's 26. 29. Really? Yep. Um, 60 million. It says eight. Eight million dollars. God damn, he's got that huge deal with the Cubs. It says that's what it says. Eight. I don't know. They're trying to unload him. Yeah, they he's are. got that huge. Dude, deal. Well, he's not hitting for shit. He's yeah. turned terrible. Derrick Henry, who's insane. Nobody talks about him being MVP of the National Football League, but Derrick Henry wow. has been ridiculous. See him run for over two thousand yards yesterday, dude. Not in one game, but that would be a record. <laughs> How many times does he just stiff arm a guy? Just oh, dude, wreck. I love it. It's so fucking great. <laughs> he's so good. Um. God damn, the math seems weird. I'm gonna say he's 27. Exactly right. And I'm gonna say he's worth uh, 19 million. 5.4 million dollars. God damn, fucking he's NFL. Get paid. <laughs> fucking NFL. Eric Dickerson's man. like I told you. Second round pick, Derrick Henry. Remember Steve Hartman? Yes. Why would anybody draft this guy? Yeah, okay. really. <laughs> Five random questions. Here we go. Okay. Now that we know who's in the playoffs, what's your Super Bowl prediction? Oh, I like that a lot. Um. I'm really excited about the AFC. I like the Me AFC too. a lot. Um, I'm going to put this out there, and if this goes wrong, there's probably a chance I get the living shit beat out of me. I'm going to go off the board in the AFC. I'm going to take the surprise. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills. Me too. Are you really? Yeah, Bills. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills in the AFC, and now I have to think about who my team is in the NFC. Um can you imagine if goddamn Tampa got in? I That'd don't. Be something else. I don't think they do. Uh, Green Bay's the one. Yeah. Right. Remind yeah, me. Real, everything goes through Green Bay. Everything goes through Green Bay. Boy, they. I didn't see a lot of them, but they played so goddamn well. You know what? I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take Seattle. I'm gonna take Seattle in the NFC because to me. They were a team that when I watched them play, they were pretty goddamn exciting. Yeah. I, I just like changing it up. It'll it'll probably be Green Bay, but I'll take uh, I'll take Seattle and I'll take Buffalo, and then just because I'm a prick, I'll take Seattle to win it. And the Vikes become the only zero and four team, and the Bills Jesus. are now zero and five. And oh, right Jesus. now, um, immediately off the get, the gift list. All right, you know I'm gonna change mine up since you picked the Bills. I'm gonna go Ravens. And the Ravens, I know Lamar yeah. Jackson has never won a playoff game. They're playing yeah. at Tennessee this weekend, Ooh. but the Ravens look so good right now. Yeah, I, they were fun. my. You my, can't pick against Tennessee, dude. Fuck, I know Tennessee beat them last year, but man, that Tennessee uh, defense doesn't put any pressure on the quarterback. Um, I think Lamar Jackson gets his first playoff win this weekend, and I like the way the Ravens are playing. Before the season began, I had the Ravens and Saints. They just had Saints had some Ooh. injuries. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Ravens. I'm gonna go Packers. Okay, my. And, uh, Go ahead. My son, Jack, I forgot to mention this, leading into Christmas said, I'm really disappointed because I have a baseball team in the Padres. I have an NBA team in the Warriors, but I don't really have an NFL team. But I play Madden a lot, and one team I like is I like Derrick Henry. So he said, starting this year, I'm becoming a Tennessee Titans fan. And his mom got him a Tennessee Titans shirt for Christmas that he wears all the time. 
And I'm going to tell them that you fucking uh, <laughs> turned your back. Turned your back on the Titans. I'll be rooting for the Titans. It's not so sure. All right, here we go. Which head coaching job would you take? Chargers, Falcons, Texans, Jaguars, or Jets? I think I'm taking that Charger job. Me too. I really do. I think the ownership is complete shit. But I will say this about Dean and John John. Uh, For the most part, they stay the fuck out of the way. Yep. For the most part, they do. Um, I'm convinced that they'll fuck that up. But I look at, I just I look at what you have as far as a young quarterback, and and I feel like everything goes through there, right? And so you go Eckler, Keenan Allen is yep. exciting. I, I'm if I'm the fucking Chargers, dude, I like Hunter Henry go. I think they'll let him go, and think they're gonna grab. My guess is they grab Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Oh, that'd be kind of wild. Well, to me, Hunter Henry, he just can't stay healthy. Yeah, everyone and, thinks Hunter Henry is going to the Patriots. Oh, I could see that. You'll probably have a goddamn no Hall of Fame career, but and then defensively, I think uh, I think they let Ingram go too, right? That'd and, be interesting. We have Ingram. If they keep Ingram, you have Ingram Bosa. So you got your pass rush, right? I think they let if, Ingram. If Derwin go. James is ever healthy. He's ridiculous. God damn, right? Yeah. And but you need help there. I would. Uh, yeah, I would. I think I'd take that Charger job. I would too. And the Jags have a shitload of draft picks, and they're going to have Trevor Lawrence. They do. But they fire the coaches really fast. <laughs> yeah, I just, um, no no goddamn way I'd take that judge job. No way. That I, job's a disaster. Yeah, and the Falcons, for some reason, are so hard to figure out what the hell's going on. Matt Ryan is great until you get in the red zone. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I don't think I'd take that one either. And then who who's the other one we have? Chargers, Falcons, Texans, oh, Jags. And remember, the Texans have like no draft picks, and they're shit. Yeah, I mean, you have they have Sean to trade. Watson. They should trade J.J. Watt. They this should, season. right? Yeah, and free up some space. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they gave away all their picks, right? Yeah. Yeah. To get to get an offensive lineman, and then they gave away fucking DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't the Dolphins have the yeah. number three pick yeah. in the draft? They have the because, Texans pick. Wow. Ouch. Yeah. For Tunsil. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Got uh, three more for you. Have you okay. ever, have you ever walked in on anyone having sex? Um. Well, no, I was in the same room as my buddy when he was yelling, ow. Yeah, you told that story out there. When she was pulling it like a lawnmower, like yeah. it was a gopher in a hole. But my high school girlfriend that um, became my roommate, her mom walked in like literally two minutes after everything had been like cleaned up and put away. And that's the closest. But I tell oh, my, I tell my friend all the time. I'm like, your mom was so goddamn hot that I, her mom was hot and cool. I always tell her too. Her mom's not with us anymore. I'm like, I bet your mom just could bang like a goddamn wind. She goes, I know my mom could bang. Like <laughs> so I, I, my my former roommate's probably one of my closest friends, if not my closest friend, since I was 15. I tell her all the time, I'm like, you know what? In hindsight, what I should have done is after we broke up, I should have married your mom because her mom had a shitload of money and married a guy that drained their bank account gambling. Yeah. I go, I don't gamble. So I said, I would have had that beautiful house. I go, I would have hooked up with your mom. And I go, think of how great I would have been in your life as a male influence as your stepfather. She's like, what? I go, I think it would have been great. Your mom and I would have really looked out for you. She's like, but we did it. I go, shh, shh. 
Have you ever walked in on anybody? No, but I think my grandmother almost walked in on me once. Um, oh, my God. Dude, it was a nightmare. Dude. I thought she saw everything, but she had a bad hip. I think she was looking at her feet when she walked by the door. But I left the door open on purpose because I wanted to hear when they came home. Oh, you know? God. My aunt was driving my grandmother everywhere she went, so I wanted to hear the door open, but I didn't hear the door open. And then all of a sudden, I hear the bathroom door shut. I'm like, she just walked by the, the room. And I was panicking, dude. It was it was a nightmare. I thought, oh, my God, dude. My grandmother, who's like 85, just watched me <laughs> fucking going at it. My buddies in uh, in Cardiff used to have these parties up on the hill. I won't say their names, but they had these parties up on the hill. So there'd always be, they lived right up on Lake Drive uh, by the greenhouses. People are like, oh, just say their name. Jesus Christ, he gave everything away. But we would have buddies that would kind of, take girls back in like this back room and they'd be banging back there. And, but we, there were different areas where you could sneak in. So we were all like 21 or 22, right? Yeah. And you'd like pat your buddy on the head and then you'd be like flicking him in the nose. We were so dumb. We'd flick him in the air, just completely trying to screw up. And the girls, which is shocking and insane. It's like they never figured it out. So we're just fucking flicking him because he's been drinking. Hey, fucker. Flick. Ah, can you imagine? He's getting flicked in the eye. You never see that happen to Tom Byron. No, you never see that in a movie. Walks in and just starts flicking him in the ear. Oh, we thought it was the funniest shit. And guys would start laughing. Shut up. She's going to figure, shut up. Get the fuck out of here. What's the matter with you? I had a friend of mine who... Uh, Said he, kind of like you, just put everything away. Just finished, but he said he finished in a towel. And the mom walked in, and she saw the a towel, and she grabbed it off because it was folded, and she started wiping her oh, face Oh, no! Wiped her whole face Oh, no! no! I'm going to pass out. <laughs> you know this guy. I'll tell you who it is after the show. <laughs> that was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> if I don't pass out now, <laughs> I'll pass out when you t- <laughs> Oh my god! That's oh my awful. gosh! All right, here we go. I'm so, what's the matter? <laughs> could you date a stripper? We've asked the question: Could you date a porn star? Could you date a stripper? Uh no, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm with you. I couldn't either. I worked at Santa Fe Liquor, and there was a girl that came in, very pretty, but didn't look like she looked like she could be like a fifth grade teacher. She was so pretty. She came in there. And her boyfriend was a little too eager to tell all of us that she worked at Lay Girls. Oh, really? And so, oh, you got to go see because, you know, Daisy works at Lay Girls. And Lay Girls, if it's still open, that is, that, have you ever been in there? Yeah, that was the first place I ever went when I came to San Diego. It was Lay Girls. It's like a movie theater. Yeah. It's like an old school movie theater. It's so dark in there. And then the girl, remember the girls are up on that high stage. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and they come out. And so shit, this has got to be, God damn, 92, 93. And so I, I'm working down there, soccers. Yeah. That's what it was. So whatever those years would have been. So I'm like, well, fuck. All right. She's working. I'll go. She's like, come on in. The girl's like, hey, come on by. See me naked for $9 or whatever. So you go in, you pay $21 and get two fucking watered-down Cokes. And uh, all of a sudden, she shows up, and it's the weirdest thing. It was so weird, and this guy was just way too into it. But yeah. I was like, 
No, I don't. I don't. I don't think I could do that. There's a, a girl who's she's a famous porn star that lives in Eastlake. Used to work out uh, this LA Fitness right by us. Mm-hmm. And uh, her husband was a SEAL. And, okay. Oh yeah, uh, I remember you telling. Yeah. Me. And he, man, loved the fact that she was in porn. He loved the fact that he wanted to have people know that that was his wife getting plowed. Really? Yeah, he got off on it. Really? Yeah. That was wild. Yeah. And then she, man, when she was in the gym, man, you couldn't stop staring at her because she hardly wore any clothes and by far had the best body of all time. But he loved it, man. He did? Keep staring at her. He loved it. Well, he's a Navy SEAL. He'll kill you. You better stare. He'll kill you. Yeah, we're going to thank him for his service. <laughs> All right. Last, More ways than one. Last question of the night. Do you have one goal for 2021? Uh, yes, I have a handful. Okay, cool. Um, number one is to get my sons back into Petco Park. Cool. Because we're excited for that. And number two is to get back on a plane. Get back on a plane and be able to go... Uh, uh, two places, really. Number one, obviously, is Toronto for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, but number two, it was really great having Julie in town. Yeah. And I, she said, she goes, hey, come back, and we'll go to Coors Field, and we'll... I'm down to see Coors Field. Yeah. And so that would be the two. I'd, I, uh, definitely to get up to Toronto, and it's weird because Dave, you know, me, like I was traveling. Yeah. I'd go to Chicago, I'd stay for a couple of days. I'd go to Toronto, I'd stay for a couple of days. I never have any goddamn vacation time. And now, I built up two weeks of vacation time. They turn the calendar, I have another 40 hours of sick time. And shit, by June, I'll have basically a month off. Yeah. So I I love the guys on my team, but I said, hey man, I got some catching up to do. And so yeah, at some point this year, I hope, I hope to get up. But... Uh, obviously the, the main goal would be get that goddamn vaccine, get everybody healthy. Yeah. What I would really like to see too, these fucking guys, these fucking dipshits tomorrow that we have, right? So many of them like that asshole, Tommy Tuberville, <laughs> the same fucking guy who got voted in that same day. Tommy Tuberville has no problem at all with the election that got him yeah. his seat. Yeah. But that same day, that same election that got Joe Biden, that's all fucked up. Exactly. All right, tell me. No wonder you couldn't beat Alabama, you <laughs> dick. Um, I would just kind of, and I, I don't know if it ever happens. God damn, there was so much fucking hate in this country the last four years. Yeah. In-house. Hatfield and McCoys, man. I would just kind of like to see us, in some ways, start to feel like we're back on the same page, or at least trying, even if you're on opposite sides of the aisle. Bring a little self-respect back to that to the, to the Senate, Bring a little bit of self-respect back to the White House and and to the House, and uh, and hopefully we get it going. I thought you, you I thought you were going to say buy a new house. That's what I thought. I thought you were going to say in twenty twenty one. That was going to be your thing. Ah, yeah, fuck it. I may just <laughs> take that money and just play high life, bet high life with it. No, no, I'm looking back to getting back to normal, but I don't. I can't control that. I mean, I hope that's the case that things go back to normal. I, I, I'm not oh, one of these. What's the one guys, thing you'd like to do? Oh, I'd love to go to New York City. That, yeah. that that's where that's why I wanted to go, you know, in November, you know, yeah. uh, for my birthday. But I would love to get back on a plane and take a real trip. Like my wife yeah. and I, we have our 29th anniversary next Tuesday. Yeah. We're well, not going anywhere. You know, we're, doing yeah. we're never going out to eat probably. I mean, no. there's nothing going on. There's nowhere to go. Nothing to do. I'd love to things to get back to normal, but I'd like to be able to go to New York City if I could go anywhere. Yeah. It's just uh, we were in L.A. 
on Saturday, right? And yeah. and but then where I was in LA, I took my sons down by Staples Center. And anybody who's been there um, for a Kings game, for a Lakers game, for a Clippers game, just that vibe, just the vibe, right? And and the vibe that you get, we drive around, we go downtown, we'll do it again tomorrow night. We drive around Petco Park and the, the energy of, of just that feeling. Uh, Dave, this, uh, I'll make it even more simple. Last night, I took them over to uh, Grossmont Center because they wanted to go to Coldstone. And you walk in and it it we go by the movie theater and just the vibe that you get and yeah. you remember this that's weird yeah but, it's weird to think you haven't been in a movie theater in a year yeah the vibe of going to the movies right and yeah. you settle in and you got your popcorn or your drink or whatever and man the music comes on the previews start going and then you're in for a movie. And for, for those guys, my sons, it was all about Star Wars, the, the Avengers, those kind of movies, which are really fun. Um, but for me, it was the Mission Impossible or the Top Guns or the action movies, right? Terminator, those kind of things. And just kind of getting away and being in there, that whole vibe. But um, yeah, walking through there. One quick, completely off <laughs> the beaten path, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. At Grossmont Center, do you remember when you and me did that show outside there with Mike Riley out in front of the Macy's? We did the show at Grossmont Center in the mall. I don't remember that one. I remember going to La Jolla with Mike. We did that, but we did a show outside of Grossmont Center. I feel it kind of around training camp. And I said to my kids last night, we're sitting there. I'm like, the goddamn stage was right there. (laughs) You, me, Mike Riley, Kevin Boyle. And I just remember thinking, where the fuck am I? Like where's like I guess this is kind of a cool mall, okay. And then five years living right there. Yeah, you end up living there and you're like, shit, you're there all the time. But no, I think on a smaller scale, just just the energy of being able to go to a movie theater. Gulls, we just found out are gonna play home games in Irvine, uh, till further notice so that everybody in the Ducks organization can follow protocol and be in the same place. So I appreciate what they're doing, kind of a drag, but Shit, we weren't getting in the arena anyway, so protect the players. But, um, but yeah, on a much bigger scale, going back and just hanging with friends in Toronto or Denver or wherever the case, like you said, New York, and uh, and just with other friends, man. Yeah. Friends posting travel pictures on Instagram or social media uh, and going, yeah, that's really cool. That's the kind of shit I hope we get to see. Absolutely. All right, we'll be back on Wednesday, everybody. Thank you. It's
So let